and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. So, this is another David episode, so we are back to lower the tone. <laughs> and this time around, we're talking about Kakegurui. We, we just did Dick Fight Island. What are you talking about? Yeah, lower the exactly. tone. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on from this highbrow boys love business into some proper dirty old men seinen manga. But it's called Kakegurui <laughs> Compulsive Gambler. Written by Homer Kawamoto, drawn by Toru Naomura, and presumably an army of assistants. It's a very clean looking book. Translated by Matthew Alberts, lettered by Anthony Quintessenza, and published by Yin Press in 2015. The short version of this, I could read the summary, but it's very straightforward. There's a school full of extremely rich people where gambling rolls. And if you can, like, if you get into a gambling match with someone, you can bet your future, their future, money, whatever you like. And the stakes are literally life and death. Like the arc of your life could actually be put on the table for, you know, like playing roulette or slots or something like that. And the manga is about Yumiko Jabami, who comes to this school and immediately upsets everything. She's very into gambling to a ludicrous extent and also very good at it. So all of the kind of titans of the school are going to eventually fall before her gambling might. And I wanted to pick this for like a bunch of different reasons. I actually had trouble narrowing it down. My notes list is just a list of like movie titles and random trivia. But I think the one thing that appeals to me the most about this is that it's in the JoJo's genre, which is something that I made up and will keep saying until other people catch on. <laughs> and essentially... Okay. You know JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, how the battles in that series play out. They're very pedantic and detailed, and they're like explainer manga, violence manga kind of crossover. And this is sort of the same thing where mm. they'll explain how the gambling works and then show you the gambling match, and then there's like a twist. Like someone's like, ha I got you. And the other person's like, actually, I got you because six moves ago, I figured <laughs> out blah, 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 blah. Like a Batman thing, mm. basically. And there's something about this storytelling format that's really entertaining to me. I think I just like smugness maybe <laughs> i do too <laughs> right and kakagurui is fun because the art is very like clean very measured it's not you know very sketchy at all but there are these moments where the facial expressions twist and kind of warp under the weight of the game and i wanted to bring it to the group because there are so many different things this does that sort of pull in other tropes from other types of manga like shonen manga other seinen manga that I think that we could have a really interesting conversation about it. All right, to set the stage for how horny this podcast is going to get, Poison Ivy was a film series from the 90s. And I say film in kind of quotation marks. It was There were a series of erotic thrillers, <laughs> let's say. And this is a genre because I was a teenage boy in the 90s that I liked a lot. And the older I get, the less good they are because I know about like <laughs> treating women fairly and being a good person. <laughs> but I always kind of want to find those books that are like a little bit lurid, a little bit good. And so I saw this, you know, on a shelf, I saw the cover. I was like, oh, this looks like a Jose manga. What is this about? Then I open it and it's anything but Jose. It's like <laughs> full on seinen. And it's so weird and awkward. And I've kept reading it. You know, I'm, I think I've read up to the 12th volume. I read some of the spinoff manga. I watched the live action series on Netflix. It's fun. But I wanted to read one volume because I feel like reading two in a row would be so dense as to not be fun anymore, you know, because it's so yeah. explainery. So I've kind of explained why I like it. I want to know what Christopher Woodrow Butcher thinks about Kakaguri Compulsive Gambler. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to pick me first and I was going to beg off because I don't want to chink. Bring it on. <laughs> it's funny. I, listening to the podcast, I could see where the podcast turns depending mm -hmm. on who says what. Because I have to listen, like you, like David edits every episode. I go through every episode two or three times to write the show notes. And I can see where the conversation like derails. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, should I just, should I finally be like, no, I refuse to go first. And it'll be the first time on the, on the, on the, but you know, that's not cool. That's not fair. So I will simply say this manga is not for me. <laughs> and. I, you know, we've talked a little bit about how I'm having a hard time with narrative television. Yeah. 
And it's because of stress usually. Mm-hmm. It's because of watching television that even even comedy or really light stuff, when characters are put in like stressful situations, anxious situations, it's a real turnoff for me right now and watching TV. Mm-hmm. And man, this is that. This is all <laughs> this is only that. This is only that. And the stress release comes from the, you know, buxom student character, uh, Yumiko, who is sexually aroused almost at the thought of gambling. <laughs> and it's like, I get it, and I get what's what is good about it and what people like mm-hmm. about it, but man, this is not where I am right now as a reader. And when you sent us the note, check it out on Netflix, it's like, a live-action version of this would be so much worse for me right now. Like I would just like my skin <laughs> yeah. would crawl. So gonna gonna say a hard pass on Kakigurui volume one for mm. me, but I do think it does a lot of things really effectively. And actually the explainer parts are the parts I like the best. Learning about the different games and then learning about the different cheats, I think is actually really interesting. Yeah. And that was the part I liked the most. But the you know, I get that it's terrible people getting their comeuppance and that's like a a, a thing that people like these days in their media but it's just yeah man it's just it's just not where i'm at and that's not to say that i don't like other stuff like this too but i'll get into that maybe when we go another do another go around i like it yeah i think i get why you picked it i don't think i'm ever going to read volume two i've been trying to make this happen for 60 episodes and finally (laughs) (laughs) here we go but no that's cool because like that kind of stress is the draw for me it's sort of like playing Elden Ring or Dark Souls. Yeah. Like some people want the hurt and other people are like, why does this hurt so much? And I think it's a very similar thing. It's weird. In video games, I'm in control of the speed of the narrative mm-hmm. and the actions of the characters. So that kind of stress of like banging your head against a wall 10 or 20 or 100 <laughs> times trying to beat a Dark Souls boss or whatever, that doesn't bother me in the same way. It's because it's really not exactly narrative. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to explain. but like reading the book i know that even though i can control the speed at which i read it flipping that page the thing that's going to happen is going to happen gotcha. and not knowing what that thing is or how it's going to play out or how it's going to affect people like watching even shitty people watching their lives get destroyed page after page it was hard it was a hard read and i did not i did not I love think it. you might be a better person than i am <laughs> no i'm just more felt up i want to move on to chip next but for the live action version i will say it replaces the stress with high school play level melodrama so there might be something in there <laughs> but chip as our resident ingenue what did you think of kakaguru wow. wow. uh, oh, how long can i retain the title of resident ingenue for until we find someone who's read less manga than you <gasps> to replace you with oh that's a great twist for yeah. the next season <laughs> often i become the master oh don't bring that faction on <laughs> oh, he, he, he knows more about everything than i do it's it's funny it's funny to me that chris found the situation stressful because they're so ludicrous that i had no stress at all reading mm-hmm. these characters lives get destroyed because i'm just like what like 20 billion yen 2 million yen like it doesn't it doesn't matter in the context of this like just bonkers kind of situation and setting for me. Yeah. I will say this is probably, this is one of the only times where I've read one of the picks straight through. Mm. Like there was no, there was no break for me. Like it was just, this, this was like Mm. the easiest read probably out of everything that we've, we've, we've done. And I think part of it is just because it's just like, yeah, there's like three bosses in quotes in this book. <laughs> and there's the, the, that funny thing of it, like, yeah, it's kind of like there's explainer manga elements, mm-hmm. but the explainer part is partly fictitious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's making stuff up to explain to set the stakes. Yeah, yeah. And, and even when they're like kind of listing out the rules of the, the game or the rules of the school, my eyes just kind of like would glaze over a little bit. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't need the explanation. I kind of just need like the meat of it. So I would kind of like, I would fast forward a little bit in the story. But I, I, I enjoyed it, like for what it was. How many volumes is the series, David? Like 
14 or 16 right now. That blows my mind. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I'm assuming uh, <laughs> things have to change after volume two. It's not just like her. Because like in volume two, she's going up against the, the school president or something. I, it kind of doesn't change and there's just more. <laughs> okay. And also you find out why a bunch of characters last names rhyme. Oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Big revelations. Yeah, it's super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and and I get why you say, you know, this has like lurid elements to it, but maybe I'm just too old for them to be lurid. I don't know. I'm just like, oh, yeah, she, like it's kind of a sexy shot of her. Like there was the one page where all the boys are like staring at her when she says it gets me so excited. And she's just like spinning and like it's showing off her ample bosom. And I'm just like, well, it doesn't, <laughs> none of that does anything for me. So it didn't feel as mm. lurid to mm. me, really. And none of the characters' mm-hmm. actions were lurid or, or off-putting in a sexual way. So, so I, I didn't, I didn't really see any of that as being too much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, this reminds me of like, I may have mentioned this before that a, a friend, a mutual friend of Chris and I, I'm not going to say who they are, as you'll understand why. <laughs> they sent me a note on Instagram saying, hey, you know, um, myself and my wife, we've been reading this manga that reminds us of sex criminals. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, oh, that's cool. And gave me the title of it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of I'll check it out online. And I, I took a look for it. And it's about a guy who can freeze time. But then he just like molests women. And I'm just like, why would you? Why would our friend think that that was something that I would mm. want to know about? <laughs> why would he compare it to sex criminals at all? And I'm like, seeing stuff like that out there, I'm just like, well, that's lurid in a very bad way. Yeah. Whereas this is just lurid and just like, a, I don't know, maybe if I was 14, I'd be like, oh boy, look at, look at these, look at these girls. But they're also, they're all in control. They're all in control here. Like all the bosses are women. Mm. The new student mm. who defeats them all is a, is a, a woman or a girl. I guess cause it's younger. And like the, the guy that's escorting her is like, just like lowly. Like what do they what do they call what do they call them? Fido. Fido. That was it. Fido and mittens. Yeah. I don't know about the. I don't. I don't know about the gendering there, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the all the guys in the story are just like just like these meek background characters. So uh, basically, uh, what I'm saying is this book is girl power to the extreme, and I'm here for it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about it? <laughs> Oh, I I think I discovered kind of the same way you did, David, where I, I thought, you know, I would get these big boxes of manga from Yen Press. And I think most of the time I'd look, I'm like, eh, no big deal, right? Like, oh, I don't think I'll even crack it open. This one I cracked open and I read it and I immediately liked it a lot. Like, I thought it was mm-hmm. really clever. Mm-hmm. Like like Chip said, it's a rip and read. You can go through it pretty fast. It, like you said, it's it's like JoJo's where it's like, it's got this explainery aspect to it where it's like oh you know here's the game and then here's how you can cheat in the game and here's how i figured out that you cheated and i double cheated you like yeah kind of fun you know i i i mean i'm a i'm a japanese woman from hawaii las vegas is where i hang out with my dad (laughs) (laughs) so gambling 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 and me we have a good relationship that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like some people, you know, they toss the ball with their dad. Some people go fishing with their dad. I would play blackjack with my dad. And then he would say, Interesting. yeah, put down, put down 200 on that one. Dad, no. <laughs> 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 Sounds awesome. It's, it was great. <laughs> he, I mean, I, like, it's like one of those moments where you think, oh, like he goes, yeah, you're better than your brother at this. Your brother's a real wuss. <laughs> that counts as a that counts as a compliment in my family, by the way. Well, yeah. I was, I was gonna, so your brother's the Fido, and you're <laughs> no, you make. Yeah. And so I can vouch for the fact that being really good at gambling, that moment when you win, that moment when you put a lot out there, and you think, "Damn, I did it!" It feels really good. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I have never like crossed my legs twitching and, you know, like in my nether regions when I want something, but I can relate to the feeling. <laughs> 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 it's like, damn, yeah, I got one. 
that's that's interesting like so what's everyone here what's your relationship to gambling as an activity and how does that affect your enjoyment of this book i like it like i'll play the lottery every couple of months just to like try to make enough money to not have to work anymore for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) that'll Uh, like make a habit of it but i enjoy gambling games and competition in general okay yeah that makes sense Hmm. We used to go to Las Vegas on family trips as kids. So I went for the first time when I was eight. There's a picture of me in front of the newly built Luxor mm-hmm. Pyramid. So I've been going to Las Vegas. I'm actually going to Las Vegas at the end of the month as a getaway. But I've been going since for a long time. And so family game nights were never Monopoly because my parents almost broke up over Monopoly oh, yeah. before I was born. Like Monopoly almost <laughs> wow. nodded me. Wow. me. <laughs> it, but they're very competitive. Yeah. But So we play poker. So I know how to play. We play poker, blackjack, like... Texas Hold'em, seven card stud, like we'd play everything and it would be all betting with like, you know, pennies from the penny mm-hmm. jar. So I know how to gamble, actually. Uh, I'm pretty good at it. So you were disgusted by the depiction of gambling in the book and that's why you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's, it's, it's actually really accurate. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's more like I'm lucky that my parents are, have not lost their mm-hmm. fortune or, or whatnot through it, but I, I've seen it for mm-hmm. sure. And I don't think it's, I don't think that it's like it's fantasy. Like Chip was saying, the stakes are so ludicrous that that aspect of it doesn't really register the same way. It's more how stressed all the characters going up against Yumeko mm-hmm. are that was tr- triggering like an anxiety response. But yeah, gambling is like like I went to the last time I went to Vegas, I was there for a week and I I was up two hundred and fifty dollars because I put like eighty bucks into three machines over the course of seven days. Like and just. Uh, actually just video poker and the sex in the city game yeah nice <laughs> sex in the city game is so much fun <laughs> like a video game rather than gambling and i actually was up i won like 200 bucks on that yeah it's 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 whatever mm. right like it's it's the thing that makes the story go it's it, if this was a cooking manga the gambling and the bets would be about different restaurants and different cooking techniques you know it, it's that explainer manga but then it's tied to that like it's and in, and I gotta say I know that this is technically seinen, but this is a shonen manga. <laughs> like this is this is like the upper end. This would be like Jump Plus yeah. or something like that in 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 shonen jump terminology. Like this is the upper end of a of a of a shonen book. And I think it runs. I think Gongon Joker is actually uh, shonen, which is what it runs in. Maybe either Gongon uh, or Gong-Gon Gong-Gon Joker, Joker from Square Enix. What's Gongon Joker? Yeah. It's the name of the Japanese magazine okay. that this runs in in Japan. And it's published by, it was licensed by Yen Press, but it was published in Japan by Square Enix, who entered the market in North America as a publisher after this was licensed. So this probably, this is like the flagship title of, of Gon Gon Joker in Japan and would have gone to, <laughs> would have gone to Square Enix if it had happened, you know, a couple of years later. So I think it's, yeah. Anyway, that was my gambling yeah. thing. Chip, what's your gambling thing? I'm curious. I have like kind of fond memories as a child of mom and grandma going to bingo and one night mom coming home uh my dad was asleep on the couch and she just dumped like a thousand dollars on him and i've never seen that kind of money before <laughs> and so <laughs> in my mind was like oh this is how you make money wow that's like scrooge mcduck diving in and out of the, the money kind of money <laughs> it felt like it as a kid yeah <laughs> but like i went to vegas for the first time to get married wow and I, I, I'd never gambled before that, really. And I went with my soon-to-be wife. She'd never really gambled either. So we just, I remember we went to sit down at a blackjack table because I just knew about blackjack. And then the dealer would kind of like, you know, take pity on these two 22-year-olds and would, would give me the rules. I'm like, okay, okay. And like, I'd, I'd play a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's fun. It's fun. And, you know flash forward like two days later and we've hit every casino all the way down the strip (laughs) into the old strip and roberta wisely like whenever we'd be up she would take like half the chips put them in her purse and then we would just kind of keep playing Mm. and played we we almost didn't get married because we were playing so much (laughs) and then we almost missed our flight because we were playing up until like the minute that we had to like catch a cab to the airport and we were up like 300 bucks we left it with 300 dollars which for us at that point was just like a a ton of money yeah Mm. i mean technically it paid for the wedding because the wedding was 300 (laughs) dollars oh that's beautiful (laughs) it was meant to be 
yeah I, but then the next time i went to vegas we took my mom and like I, I was not as lucky and i think i just kind of broke even and i was like oh yeah like i could tell that this could be a problem like mm-hmm. like if, if i wanted it to be part of my life like <laughs> i could see me just like just gambling way too much so yeah so i i love it and i i, I love the feeling of it and like reading this i was just like when the stakes were getting higher and you didn't know if she was going to win or not. I was, I was excited by it. I was just like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. Like, and when she moans and contorts her body, when she wins, like, I remember, I remember that feeling. It's great. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I keep calling this a seinen manga, I guess because it feels like a little on that edge for me, but it very much is like, late shonen let's say like if it was yeah. an american comic it would be like mid-90s top cow sort of a- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i'm i'm glad christopher mentioned the real life aspect because obviously like gambling addiction ruins lives but the stakes of this are so outrageous that it never feels like an yeah. actual life ruiner even though one of the like explicitly stated you know risks is you this will mess your life up forever ruin yeah. your life yeah <laughs> There's moments where it like really amps it up, like the fingernail one. The fingernail oh, yeah. one is so gross. Where like yeah. she, they, 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 she shows off her fingernail connection, and it's a photo, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. basically <laughs> ramps up the grossed out level of that feed because it's not just drawn fi- fingernails; it is photograph fingernails, like yeah. that very pretty decorated fingernails. But it's like. You go, oh, it's really effective. Because <laughs> really? yeah. the moment you're like, wait, are those real? And you're like, they're real, but they're not real, real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other fun thing is like, even yeah. even if you know gambling games, like even if you know the strategy, of, you know, basic strategy in blackjack, you know, basic strategy of poker. The, the fact that this, this with each story introduces a different game that you have never played before. Mm-hmm. With different odds mm. and different ways to win that you might not even understand how to win. Or understand yeah. how to cheat is really makes it engaging because if it was just like a like they're a mahjong manga right where all it is is you know chapter after chapter of the characters playing mahjong this is like every every game is different every game is strange and difficult and then at the end the author who wrote the book he he breaks down his feelings about each game he goes yeah actually you know this thing with the two the, the two decks where you have to memorize the thing that's impossible but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And this goes on for, you know, a dozen volumes of new games. Sometimes it's just one game per volume, but just endlessly inventive. They even reinvent Russian roulette at one point Mm. when the eye patch violent character comes in. Oh, do you remember Ikitosin? This Mm -hmm. is like that, but for gambling in terms of like all the characters being like cool boss ladies of various levels of voluptuousness. (laughs) I found Ikitosin. Ikitosin is a fighting battle, like almost like an arena, like battle manga, like we were talking about. It was called Battle Vixens when they vocalized. Yeah, so, it. but that one I thought was a lot more sexual than at least this first yeah, volume. Yeah, definitely. Was. Like I found like there was so much ripped clothing and whatever, and like you get a little bit of that here, where it's like when the characters are having like an internal moment, they're sort of portrayed in like shadow almost, but they're you know nudes with no body parts, sort of like they're wearing a superhero outfit or something. You know what I mean? Like it's that level of like titillating, which is what makes it maybe shonen rather than seinen. Mm-hmm. Like there's no protruding nipples through a a, a tank top, which is like the that's the line for you. Manga is like, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, if the character is wearing like a tight outfit and you see the nipples, it's seinen. But if you don't see the nipples, it's makes sense. Wow. or at least it's like that's that's the line for me. But yeah, Ikitosin was like really like i remember that when that when battle vixens came out it was way popular is that oh great mm-hmm. or no oh great did the other one yeah oh no he did a uh, chenda tenge yeah which was also tenge, extremely which sexual was like and violent. also softcore <laughs> 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 yeah who did anyway sorry we're yeah. getting a little off track so that's what that's the manga that this reminded you of is ikitosin there's a tropey approach to manga like Ikitosin, where there's like the eye patch character, there's mm. the traditionally Japanese character. Um, Mary Sautome is such like an American girl in like anime and manga in terms of like being a trope mm-hmm. that I think they're all kind of like pulling from the same well. Like how Nova is like a, a type of Peter Parker character, or at least was when he was first invented. Yeah. So I think that's partly why 
this feels like an older person doing a riff on younger person's things. Like this is like the dark CD Spider-Man story because so many elements are familiar. Mm-hmm. Like Yumiko being so in love with a fair fight. Like she's like, it's not fun if I'm definitely going to win or if I'm definitely going to lose. I want to like build a thrill. That's Goku from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> You know, yeah, like there's a whole fight where this world ending guy comes down and, you know, he kills all of Goku's friends and Goku's like, oh, I should give this guy a magic bean that heals him to 100 percent so we can have a real fun battle. This is like, dude, what are you doing? Why? (laughs) But that kind of pure heartedness Mm. is really fun to see as well in books like this and action manga. And I think it's especially fun in something like this because it it becomes clear that it's about competition. Like Yumiko likes gambling not Mm. to destroy someone else or to like have a goal but because it's like the love of the game i think yeah yeah but all the other characters like gambling because they like to destroy other yeah. people and that was that was actually like the i went into this thinking i was curious to hear what everyone else had to mm-hmm. say i mean i always am but in particular because this one feels like a feel bad manga mm. like you are actually like they go out to engender like very bad feelings like watching the character that our heroine Yumiko beats in the previous chapter suddenly lose like fifty million dollars or like 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 fifty thousand yeah. dollars, right? In the next chapter, and she's like super humiliated and like degraded and whatever. Like it feels bad, right? Like even though they're the bad guy and they cheated in the previous one, clearly they're cheating in this next one. And that's happened that happens twice in this first volume. And I assume it just keeps like rolling. She makes right? a lot of friends. Yeah, because obviously the student council has ruined a lot of people, right? But like it felt like a feel bad manga, but it's mentioned. It's interesting you mentioned Inky Tosin because the manga this most reminded me of that I've read is actually Food Wars. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Food Wars is a is a battle manga about making food, and it's 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 great. <laughs> like I've read the first I think twelve volumes of Food Wars. It's on the Shonen Jump app, but it's basically about a kid who wants to be the. It's very Shonen, but it's like at the upper end. It's about a kid who wants to be the very best chef and he thinks that he already is and he realizes that he goes to a school full of rich weirdos who are also like use it who've been chefs trained their whole lives as well except in rich weirdo cooking <laughs> and there's constantly these food weird these food battles it's great like it's a really fun manga and a really really fun anime actually I, i'm shocked at how good the anime is because i'm usually kind of a, not into that as much but it felt I like, like that you're saving me, that sentence at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I'm trying. I've already sworn tonight. Maybe you can bleep it because we're doing. I'm doing pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it's. But but Food Wars to me is a feel good manga. Everyone is competing on even ground, even though they've got secret techniques and secret recipes and things no one's ever heard of and spices that no one's ever heard of and whatever. No one, at least in the volumes that I've read, out and out cheats. Mm. No one is trying to like everyone's trying to prove that they're actually the best based on the work that they've done. Whereas this, the bad guys are all cheaters, at least in the first volume. Like they're all cheaters. They're all rigging all the games to like maintain power and keep control. And then they have to get this like brutal comeuppance where in food wars, it has that shonen friendliness. Like, Oh, I beat you, but we both learned from each other and we're going to fight again one day and it's going to be a great fight. And that feels good to mm-hmm. me. And that's when I was got to the end of this first volume. I'm like, Oh, this is like Food Wars, but if I hated it. <laughs> so yeah, Food Wars, if you're reading this, I'm probably not going to recommend it because it's the first volume is a weird one to recommend on its own, but it is yeah. fantastic. But uh, yeah, go check it out. But anyway, that was the manga. But that it, I was don't reading. you see it? It's kind of like a class warfare kind of thing, kind of like Parasite Definitely. and like um, yeah. like Parasite and Squid Game and Kaiji, where it's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. what it feels like to be, it's like, it's like people who are rich, born rich never had to worry about money in their lives, all of a sudden being put in a position to actually you have to worry about money, about mm-hmm. money, about losing something. Like like really rich people, really, really rich people. Cartoonishly rich. Yeah. <laughs> Cartoonishly rich people do not blink about losing $50,000 in a game, right? And then it's yeah. like, oh, I hate you. Like, like I hate that this, <laughs> this doesn't even make you blink. But Yubiko keeps pushing them to the point where they do feel the pain. Like, let's raise the stakes yeah. till you do feel the pain, because I want you to feel the pain and the fear that comes from betting beyond your means. Yeah. So you really mm-hmm. feel like if you lose, you're really going to be in a world of hurt. And so she's after this adrenaline rush. Like, for, for most of us, that gambling threshold of, like, you know, like, for me, it's like, I'll limit myself to 300 bucks on a Vegas trip. If I spend more than 300 bucks on gambling, that's too much. 
Yeah. And then like yeah. if I pay a, if I pay a five dollar table or a ten dollar table, a ten dollar table is high stakes for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But then I've seen like the, the the game rooms where like the private room where the guy's playing baccarat, like one Chinese guy is playing baccarat with like two hundred like hundred dollar bills, and you're like, what mm-hmm. planet are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> mm. And so it's interesting to see this. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny. I never like I was surprised to see like the the first boss after she gets defeated for her to be revisited and to see her like how low she is and like trying to like claw her way back and not able to. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The fact that she gets revisited, but I didn't feel bad for her because I'm just like, oh, she's still like a rich kid at a rich school. <laughs> Like, like she's she's lost some of her family's money, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. If parents ever show up to be like, "What have you done?" That's another manga trope, right? That's a manga trope where it's like the rich kids go to school and they're accountable to no adults at all. Yeah, Not yeah. A, no parents, up no to teachers. and including murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a trope in manga. Like I've seen it a bunch, where it's like classic, oh. classic B stars. <laughs> yes. <Definitely. laughs> So yeah, I never, I never really felt bad for any of the bosses. I just, I found it interesting the fact that they were brought down so low. Yeah, but again, they're, it's, they're all still. It all takes place in the school. We never are going to leave the school. Probably, their lives will be fine. <laughs> it's the capitalist part is kind of funny to me in, in a way because like it mm. starts as it like hints towards allegory, and then it's like, but never mind. You know, yeah, it's not like a one to one comparison. Mm. Like it, it stops working once you get past capitalism sucks and hurts poor people. Yeah. Everything after that is just yeah. cartoons. Yeah, but that's also makes it kind of fun because it's almost an escape because there are a bunch of ultra capitalists getting punished. Mm. Yeah, but then again, Mary, so she's the star of the spinoff manga Kakaguri Twin, which is a prequel to this, where you find out that she was the Yumiko of like the year before. Where she came oh. to school and like made a big, you know, splash and yada yada. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because originally I thought Kakegurui Chun was an alternate telling, where she hmm. was the hero instead. And then when I read it, it's like, oh, it's a prequel. Oh, it's like that's interesting. That's an interesting way to make a, a spinoff manga. Yeah, you know, because it's by the spinoff manga is by the same author but a different artist. Hmm. And they kind of fast forward through her redemption arc, like hmm. they just kind of. She's a friend now, is how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I have one translation complaint about this. That yeah. her, her key phrase, mm. let's go gambling mad, mm-hmm. I think just falls flat for me. Mm. So in mm. Japanese, that's when she yells kakagurui. Oh. And so they kind of had to localize like the, I guess it means like compulsive gambling in Japanese. Mm-mm. But it's also like an exhortation to enjoy the compulsive gambling you're yeah. about to engage in. I know that's a challenging yeah. thing to to translate, but for me, it just it fell flat. Yeah, oh, I just thought it was funny. Really? Let's go. <laughs> let's go gambling mad. I'm just like, oh, that's a fun phrase. <laughs> and like suddenly, a little bit British. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You read it that way. <laughs> <laughs> They're all at a boarding school, kind of boarding school. Or? It's an academy yeah. boarding school. It feels it's enough. Okay, it's enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's that all reads as British in Japan. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I, I want to go back to just one comment that Dave yeah. said because it's like, yeah, I totally get the comparison to something like Parasite when it comes to class struggle, and Parasite was my favorite movie of the year it came out. It's very very good, but that felt real also i didn't feel good at the end of parasite <laughs> felt very bad actually for everybody because you know i don't want to spoil it but oh i felt very bad at the end of parasite but like and i felt very bad at the end of this but it wasn't because i was like oh man those poor people getting what they deserved it was more like the stress in mm-hmm. the moment of them getting what mm-hmm. they deserved and they're all fake characters like they're all not real but that's the other thing they all felt very fake all the way through like i was never really like i never really believed in them as characters yeah. whereas parasite had the real problem of like, oh no, these poor people, what's going to happen to them? Like I'd never seen any of these actors before. I like you forget, you know, 25 minutes in that they're not the people that they're playing. And you think that this family's maybe lost all their possessions in the flood. Like it's terrible. It's like so awful. So it was a different 
and I've lost myself in manga like that too. And it's not like a, a difference between, I think, film and, and manga. It's just something else. I actually, talking to you guys now, I kind of want to go watch that first episode just to see how they translate what's happened here. Watch the anime. because That'll it's, be really and, watch, uh, watch the anime instead? Watch, well, no, watch both. Because the anime, I think, can capture that exaggerated ecstasy of winning. Yeah. Which is <laughs> hilarious. Mm. And like, you know, like her uh, her. Her eyes get wars, like yeah. squirrely, and like you can tell she's just like she's gone crazy, right? Like, I, 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 there must be yeah. something similar in like Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know, where like, like the yeah. eyes are all swirly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's gone gambling mad, hmm. so to speak. We say that all the time. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we all say that. Yeah, I mean, so I, uh, this is not Parasite, obviously. Because Parasite, Parasite, <laughs> what Parasite puts in the work to develop character and, and and stuff, but but this is kind of like I think setting something like this in a school of rich people where you're just there to learn how to be rich, basically, yeah, just excuses everything. As soon as your whole cast <laughs> is just like, you know, the wealthy elite, you can just do whatever you want to them, and the readers fine with it. So I think that's probably the the best way to go for something like this that really is a, a basically a light read where they don't really yeah. want to go deeper and when they do want to go deeper it doesn't really make a lot of sense like you know talk about the capitalist stuff it reminded of basically the the spread talking about like money always decides the final victor not only in gambling or casino management this rule applies to all parts of a capitalist society and then it's just like a two-page image of uh of uh the boss like a above everyone and dollars flying <laughs> everywhere and with a with a big quote from the bible i know yes i love that part <laughs> that's amazing very very funny so i had that uh-huh. in my notes. it's matthew 13 12 and that quote yeah. is about like salvation and not hoarding money no yeah it didn't make any sense <laughs> yeah I'm so glad you could explain that because I grew up Buddhist, okay? So I was like, okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, it's totally about a thing where it's – actually, put it in the show notes, Chris. I shouldn't summarize theology on our manga podcast. No, no, dude. <laughs> it's in the show notes. Yeah. Head to mangasplaining.com for more. But I wanted to open with the erotic thriller point because even though this isn't as horny as, say, Dick Fight Island, there is like that little mm. – what is? I almost said, yeah, I almost said icing, but this texture of sexiness mm, to the book. Uh, frisson. And exactly. I didn't, I didn't want to give Chris his French points. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I didn't say it this time. The other Canadian yeah, But like, you think of something like Basic Instinct, where it's like very like respected and kind of artful and it's one thing and it's still very sexual. And then there's kind of like the different children of Basic Instinct where they're like, oh, it's the legs crossing. Mm-hmm. It's the important part not the yeah. other parts. Yeah, This is yeah. sort of in between those mm-hmm. two. And there are other series like Black Lagoon, I would put in this boat, um, Ikitosin, mm. things like that, where it's like a little bit sexy, but you wouldn't pick it up to be turned on. It's just more like, I want to read like a slightly dirty story, kind of a bag. Mm. As a bookseller, I would always see it as like, dudes who bought those kind of manga had a type of manga that they liked. And if they were straight, which most of them were, mm-hmm. That was like that was the icing on the cake, the texture, the frisson <laughs> of the book, because it's like, oh, I get to read this like book about people shooting guns and looking cool and being badass mercenaries, and also the lead character is wearing less clothing than Lara Croft does. That's weird, yeah. and that's Black Lagoon, and it's beautiful, <laughs> like Ray Heroy, Ray Heroy, yeah, right? Ray Heroy. It's really great, really good artist, like beautiful looking book, but like, yeah, it's just it's. Sure, I could read this story about these people doing these things, but wouldn't it be better if all the characters were somehow sexy girls? And that that's like so, such a subgenre of manga. Like it's it's might be like an er genre where it's like you can place it over top of every genre of manga, yeah, regardless of what it is, and pull out the version where it's just sexy girls doing the thing for the reader who doesn't want to see dudes, except if they're going to get you know blown away by the sexy girl. In whatever way you want to take that. It took Marvel 30 years to make Girl Wolverine. Just money on the table, man. Yeah. Money on the table. <laughs> and they had the blueprint. They had She-Hulk. As Peter Berkema, who runs the Big Island, used to say, finally, there's a Hulk character that I can... <laughs> <laughs> that was like his go-to for describing She-Hulk. 
Yeah. And I was like, no, no, She-Hulk's good now. Dan Slott's writing it. It's actually quite fun. And he's like, mm, nope. Yeah. That's not why that character was created. And these stories usually stop at that level. Like, they don't really put on the, here's the texture of why you actually like She-Hulk. But the yeah. action's fun. The explanations are fun. And I guess I'm saying my final thought right now. So... I like it. I wouldn't want to read more than one volume in a row because I feel like it's just dense enough to where, you know, that'd be kind of a speed bump. But it's super mm. clean. Oh, wait, color pages. Mm. What oh, did you think yeah. about the color pages? Are you talking to me, perchance? Yeah. You're the resident <laughs> color page critic. I love the cover. Like, nice, yeah. simple, really fun design. And then I don't know why... Like the title page is her nude. I think yeah. you know why. I mean, I know why in the <laughs> larger sense. Yeah. But it like it it makes no sense for what you read after. Like she, you might as well put her in the the school uniform there. Mm-hmm. The color pages are they're just like oh God. I always feel lousy. <laughs> they're uh, poorly done anime colors. Mm-hmm. I could see like, that. Like, I, I just, again, I don't know what the point is. Unless you're actually going to be doing something interesting with the colors for storytelling and to evoke something. But this No, is just... it's to show that this this should be adapted into an anime, directors. Get, 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 your, get your bids in. And then it was. So, that's <laughs> yeah. <a win. laughs> I like it. It might be cynical. Yeah, not, I'm not a fan. I like something about the palette of the colors. Like, there's like a random color page halfway through the book for chapter three. Where I was like, oh, this would make a cool Saturday morning-ish kind of cartoon look. Hmm. I will never find the page number in time, but put it in the but, show notes, Christopher. But don't you think the red and okay. the black re- relates to, you know, playing cards? Where they have red, oh, red suits and black suits, right? And the uh, roulette sure. wheel as well. As well. Hmm. It's hard to yeah. say in a row. Yeah. It just doesn't look if, good. If we're talking about art, can I just say one thing that I didn't want to bring up? Yeah. Now I do. I feel like the computer generated bits of this book are poorly integrated. If you go to page page eleven the chairs in the digital copy. Yeah. Yeah, the chairs, the tables, and then page eleven with chips all lined up on top of each other. Yeah. On in front of the roulette wheel. It's just like it's actually it was so distracting that it pulled me out of the story. And all of the chips in the whole page, the double page spread, are are lined up like that. So they don't even look like what they're supposed to be. And it was very distracting. And like, whatever. Like, I started to ignore the, the chairs being problematic and everything being really lined up. <laughs> chairs being problematic is the quote of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it. I'll pull it in as a quote in the show notes. <laughs> it's it's more like they exist in a different world than the characters, which are really well yeah. drawn. Like yeah. he's actually really good at drawing characters and making them buxom and attractive and and whatnot. But like, yeah, the backgrounds, I don't, I don't quite. I find it poorly integrated. Is my my comment there? And yeah. I think it'll. I hope it gets better as it goes. Maybe it's just like first chapter problem where you can't afford to hire a bunch of assistants for the first book <laughs> because you haven't you haven't got a hit on your hands yet. I kind of want to skip ahead like five or six books to see like oh, this is a hit, this is getting an anime, this is whatever. Suddenly there's like 40 people working on every chapter of this manga, <laughs> like eight people working on every chapter of the manga. Anyway, that was my only thought about the art is that I think he, he draws characters really well and the backgrounds are, they get the point across at least, but I feel like they're a little too computery. Yeah, I, I agree. The faces were fantastic, like especially the variety of expressions during a match. Like mm-hmm. showing, you know, maniacal glee or defeat. Like there's a lot going on there that I really liked. The figure work was fine, but yeah, the the, the 3D backgrounds. Oh man, there's like one page again with the chairs. I'm reading on <laughs> Comicsology, so it's like 38 percent in location 95 of 249, where it's like it shows like a hall where like there are a few students sitting in chairs oh, and like yeah. two characters are supposed to be sitting across from each other maybe but they're not at all yeah they're way too close yeah they're 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 too close and they're they're just off enough and all those like and this is the thing i mean i hate i don't like drawing chairs and i especially <laughs> hate the fact that you can't just draw a straight line going up and down like most chairs don't look like that. They, you know, the top part kind of arches back and the bottom legs usually kind of go back a bit, which upsets me as an artist. 
And seeing it here is like, well, yeah, because otherwise they look like this, like all weird medieval yeah. chairs before <laughs> anyone figured out ergonomics. <laughs> He's actually cheating it. If you look in that panel, if you count from the end of the table, the girl who's yeah. facing the reader is one chair in, and the boy who's facing away from the reader is three chairs in, yeah. or two chairs in. Yeah, he's, he's, so he's four, she's five. He's cheating it so that they don't overlap. Yeah, and it's like, well, oh, no. and he's doing that on almost all of the other ones as well, <laughs> because he wants to have clearer silhouettes and not have the overlap, I think. Well, like, no, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't overlap That's there. a little art thing. Yeah. I mean, if we're looking at yeah, the same... Yeah, his shoulder would be over her chest. Oh, yeah. but we'll put it in the show notes. We'll let the, we'll let the readers decide. Well, they would have been well integrated with each other if, <laughs> if she had moved over <laughs> one chair. <laughs> or maybe they just like yeah. they just broke yeah. up and like she just like slowly moved over to one chair off to the side so she wasn't across <laughs> from him anymore. They literally just broke up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, Dad. Nice. I, I, I get I like using the, the computer backgrounds, but but yeah, like... I don't know, like on Daredevil, the artist on, on that was Marco Cacchetto, Cicchetto. I should know how to pronounce his name since he's been my artist for three years. But he does some beautiful figure work, and his backgrounds are are computer for the most part, if not completely. But he just he integrated it mm. so well, and he like he makes sure that like they never feel separate from the characters with with a, with by using a variety of textures. And yeah, yeah, um, it'd be nice if that happened here. Agreed. But the it's interesting you pointed out that the figure work wasn't as interesting as the faces. Because I think this is definitely a manga where like the faces are the draw, the expressions, the kind of contortions. Mm-hmm. But we should do final thoughts. I think we should go Deb, Chip, and then Christopher. <laughs> Don't give me the first and last word on that. <laughs> Love it. You can do the first final thought and then Deb and then Chip. All right. This was uh, my way of thought. tricking you into going first, by the way. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I've already said too much. I'm going to get death threats on the Twitters. Uh, yeah, I think that, well, I'll get gambling threats on the Twitters. I, I think this is fine. It's fine for people who like it. And that's not even, that's not even damning with faint praise. Like, there's got to mm-hmm. be manga out there that's not for me because man, not all manga needs to be for me. And I could see the ways in which what this does is good. And there's a lot of stuff I like about it, like the explainer parts, which I think are really interesting and uh, could be really boring and actually kind of, you know, as much as Chip found himself skipping them, I actually thought, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of what I, you know, what I want to read out of this manga. Mm-hmm. I think the faces are are good. And I think, yeah, I, I kind of want to see more of what you guys get out of this. So I'm going to give the anime a shot and see if it, moving to a different media sort of illuminates it for me. Like a couple of the other books that we've read that have been, you know, kind of misses like Watakoi or like mm. uh, Thingami. Uh, Akira. Uh, Weekly Girls Nozaki-kun. Monthly oh, Girls yeah. Nozaki-kun. And Akira, well, sorry, Akira is a perfect <laughs> comic, so it doesn't need to be translated, but it was, and it was great. But yeah, I want to I want to give it another shot in a different media and see if maybe uh, the different approach speaks to me more. So, okay. yeah. My can I make thought. a request? Can you oh, watch you the can... first two minutes of the live action and text me about it? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. We'll do it like we'll do it like ping pong last week, where we just you can just ambush me in one of the Q and A segments <laughs> and see if I if I've watched it or not yet. That was good. I'm glad you had read that. Chip. It was great. Yeah, I'll nice. be happy to. I'll be happy to. Awesome, Deb. What's your final thought? Oh, I mean, this is a super entertaining manga. I mean, generally speaking, I didn't expect much out of it, but it was such a delightful surprise it was it was so much fun to read mm-hmm. that it was so inventive it's kind of like kaiji but with prettier girls and less desperation <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> if, if 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 you thought the gambling the high stakes gambling in kaiji was gripping but you thought the art was maybe kind of ugly and maybe the guys were too desperate <laughs> kakeguru is for you pretty good chip I thought it was a, a fun, breezy read. I don't know if there's a volume two in, in my future. Uh, one thing we didn't really uh, talk about much was just what a great idea it is. Uh, yeah. Like the idea of these rich kids going to a school where the subjects don't matter anymore because they're going to be fine out in the world. But like to be a business leader and a wealthy person, you have to like, know how to gamble like you have to know how to like read people deceive like do all these things 
I, I think it's just a super, super smart concept. And I think it's well worth kind of picking up and checking out as long as you're not thrown off by how lurid it, it is, dismayed <laughs> by the parasite level moralizing. <laughs> Fantastic. So we are going to take a break for one advertisement, two advertisements. I should know that I'm actually on the podcast. <laughs> but this has been a conversation about Kakuguri, Volume 1. It's pretty cool, is my final thought. And we'll see you in a bit. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. So, welcome back to the Manga Explaining Podcast. This has been a conversation about Kakaguri, and we are going to get into picking books, our next three books for this season. Season three of Manga Explaining, the most important season yet. I want to start <laughs> with Christopher, who has a very succinct and quick pitch this time. Yeah, very long story, actually. <laughs> uh, thank you for asking. No, I got a, I got a quick pitch. Um, we just put up, you're going to be able to figure out when we record, we just put up episode 57, which is our first of season three. It's Ajin Demi Human Volume 1. And on that, I went to pick a book, and it was massive, the gay manga anthology from Fanographics. And when I went and looked, it didn't have a digital edition. So I couldn't recommend it because Chip, as we all know, lives on an island and doesn't have access to physical books. <laughs> However, when I went to do the show notes for Ajin Demi Human, I looked up Massive to get the new cover to put into the show notes because we mentioned it. And lo and behold, there is a digital edition now. And I don't know if it's brand new for the third printing that's just come out or if I was looking on the Canadian site where it is not allowed because it is effectively gay pornography. But Massive has a digital edition. And so my pick for the next episode that we read uh, down the line is Massive, the gay manga anthology. Here's here's what volume two the second printing looks like uh, the third printing is even better and it is an anthology of gay mangaka most of whom are being translated into english for the first time it is has an amazing amount of bonus material that i hope chip will read i don't think he's ever read a backup interview in any of the manga that we've suggested no that him. can't be true uh, you, you read the motohaku interview I, right no <gasps> no he didn't okay maybe not but I, well, first of all uh, but there's some good stuff in here, and I'm not even trying to pick on Chip. I'm just saying, in the request to read this book, I hope you'll read the other material that's in it because it's really well, good. Me, and yeah. Uh, yeah, massive the gay manga anthology. That is my that is my next. Well, let me just anthology. say at this point in the podcast, it would behoove you to be on my good side, <laughs> since now I hold all the power, Christopher. You know, when we get someone in who doesn't know anything about manga, they're going to be much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good i like christopher's aggressive provocative way of pitching deb what do you have for us okay well i'm trying to remedy the fact that we haven't talked much about shoujo manga and i want, mm. want to recommend mm. one of my current favorites rather than everyone's like old longtime favorites that they feel very passionate about this is something i've been reading now and i'm really addicted to it's called In the Clear Moonlit Dusk by Mika Yamamori. It's only three volumes out now. It's, it's, a, it's a really well-drawn, really adorable love story about a, a high school girl. She's, she's pretty, but not in a conventional way. She looks, if, at first glance, she looks like a boy. She's very um, chivalrous. She's really tall. She's, I mean, she's definitely straight, but then she, everyone calls her prince. So uh, she's kind of a little bit down on mm. herself because seems like guys don't really aren't really turned on by her because she looks like a boy a very pretty boy but a boy and then she meets this other guy in school who is also a prince and he starts 
kind of coming on to her, but in a very strange way, like he says, I can't take my eyes off of you. But at the same time, he doesn't say he's in love with her. He's kind of attracted to her, but he's not sure. So it's kind of this classic shoujo manga, like, does he love me or does he not? Are we in a relationship? Are we not? It's kind of this high school relationship. But the way that it's depicted is really beautifully drawn, the way she draws expressions and the subtlety of the how how the characters are feeling about each other in these little moments is really touching. But also there's lots of humor mm. because like in Bride Story where there's a little Greek chorus, the guy has two guy friends, the girl has two girlfriends, and they kind of offer this running commentary in the background that is just hilarious. Nice. So I highly recommend it. It's really a fun read. Um, you can enjoy it in one. But if you're like me, you're going to want to read all three. It's really fun. I, I love it all a right. lot. Is it complete in three or there's just three volumes so far? Just three volumes so far. And I'm like, why is volume four? Where is volume yeah. four? <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign of a manga I'm, I'm into. You better not do a boys of a flower to me. because I'm going to get really mad. <laughs> 36 volumes later. That's and right. <laughs> yeah. My pick is not shoujo manga. It is All Rounder Megaru Volume 1 by Hiroki Endo. Oh, nice. We've talked about it off and on on the, on the podcast in various different ways, but essentially it's about a kid who picks up mixed martial arts or a form of mixed martial arts. Okay. And it's the story of him kind of going from a normal guy to a guy who finds his purpose. He finds friendship. He discovers philosophy. It's one of those manga that's full of action and then also people being like, kids, you need to become strong so you can be respected by the men who hit you sort of a thing. Whoa. Like that kind of philosophy. Yeah. Love that stuff. And I think it'll be fun because it has a lot of like the action storytelling that we've picked up on in books like Akira or Naruto, but in a very grounded, realistic way, like very few overhead shots or like crazy angles. It's almost like journalists, journalistic in style, but still, you know, like comic booky. And yeah, I think it'll be a good time. What's it so, called? All rounder Megaru? All rounder Meguru. So Meguru, Meguru is his name, and all rounder is like the type of fighter that he is. Mm. And now it's down to Chip. Chip, what do you <sighs> do? You go with Christopher, who negs you relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> or me all and right. Deb, who love you. Oh, geez, that's, that's hard. Okay, so. Uh, uh, my first pick is going to be in the clear moon at dusk because I don't know if if Deb did this on purpose or not. If she knows me well enough that I love tomboys, I love that's definitely my my type. So I'm in for in the clear moon at dusk. So that's the number one choice for the number two and three positions. Let me just say off the air, Chris, <laughs> Chris begged me to pick massive last because it would be for episode sixty nine. That's a good. Me. That's a good match. It's a good match, and I think it makes the show better. <laughs> but he must also know that I love to screw with him. So episode sixty-eight will be <laughs> massive, <laughs> which unfortunately puts David in last place. But I think he understands why I did what I did. I think it's worth it. Well yeah. worth it. <laughs> good. <laughs> Though so now that I know about the tomboy thing, I almost wish I'd recommended a, a different volume of All Rounder. Mm. We'll talk about it offline. There might be a chapter right. I recommend. You got to make them read one. the last chapter of All Rounder Meguru because it is a hoot. I haven't finished this series, the volume what? yet. Oh, I've got two God. to go. How many <laughs> volumes is it? Four, 16? 16. Actually, Jesus. more like 18, I think. 18? Oh my okay. God. I mean, he starts from a beginner. He's got a lot of people to beat up on his way it to. It ends on a oh, really yeah. great Fair. note, but, but that last chapter, text me when you read it. I promise. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, your eyes are going to bug out. <laughs> cool. So we've got three awesome books coming up. We have somehow continued to bully Chris on this season. <laughs> no, I I think that it's fine. I mean, after all, we're probably going to do a standalone interview episode sometime between now and episode 69. Uh, so will be 69. <laughs> I will win. You can have this moment. I, I give you this moment, but I will win the war. And I will be 69. <laughs> then I will put out my own special uh, episode interviewing somebody. <laughs> Oh, 
Let's enjoy good. episode good. 70, Chris. <laughs> All right, we're down. We're going to be doing two episodes a week until we figure out who gets We got to get to the 69. next funny number. <laughs> uh, amazing. I'm it. just going to release episode four. I'm the one who uploads. I'm going to release episode 420 when you guys aren't even going to see it coming. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're just going to jump hey. 350 numbers. Uh. <laughs> Before this gets any more off the rails. <laughs> That's right. There is no pot manga. What's up with that, man? Anyway. Uh, Shaman King? Shaman King. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot. High five, Chris. Um. So we've got three great new books coming up. Make sure you hit your local comic book or manga specialty shop, your library, your digital comics provider. Just read comics. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to take a break and see you next week where we'll be reading yet another manga that is new to Chip, but hopefully one of us has already read it so we can properly set the context for the show. But we'll see. Life on the edge. <laughs> little gambling to everybody. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> This has been Manga Explaining, episode number 61. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Die Dark by Q Hayashida. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DABS for their musical accompaniment this episode. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.